Hey there, Fellowship family. Welcome to your one-stop shop for all things church life. My name is Mark Francis. I'm once again your host for today. We had such an amazing dynamic conversation with Mike Lukens and Rose Locke last episode that we were able to break it apart into two different pieces. So here is the continued conversation that picks up from where we left off. When you look at it, music evokes just a heart emotion mm -hmm. in people. And, and God designed us that way. Right. And, and so that's why he's called us to sing, because we could all just read words together. Um, but then when you add music to it, and then you add creativity to it of what he's designed us to, to have this engage the head and the heart, mm -hmm. there's emotion. Mm -hmm. And there's, like you said, Mike, there's personal you know, preferences that we can worship uh, on our own and, and have that moment. Sure. But when we're all together, that is probably one of our bigger challenges of how, how can we piece together a fresh service in a way that is best serving our body? I'll, I'll say right away that I, that's why I think planning in a team is really, really, really mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. And I think planning in a diverse team is really important. And I think we still all hang on to, we went to a worship conference and I don't know if all of us went to it, but we went to a, a a session about like who do you need to have on your creative team, and it was really about personalities. And Mark, I know you still use that material when you put a creative mm -hmm. team together for mm -hmm. something, you know. Um, and so I think I think it's really, really, really important to plan in a team, and I think it's really important <clears throat> to plan in a team where you're safe. Where, like, in our case, we've been together for a long time, so I have a big mouth, and I can say things in that team meeting sometimes that can really offend and upset people. You offended me when you didn't when you didn't like what I said about we're not doing hip-hop. Oh, yeah. yeah, I figured. <laughs> I figured that was kind of offensive. And I just mean that we've done this so long together that there is a mutual love and respect and admiration and a willingness to, to iron sharpens iron. And I think, I think that's really important. Because even on that, even on our team, we all have our own personal preferences. Right. We all have our own wish lists. I hate this we have, song, or yeah. I love this song, or, you know. Or, or, or backgrounds of, you know, we grew up in church, this mm -hmm. church music or that church music. And, and we all have a pulse on <clears throat> friends of ours friends, who come yeah. to church. And so there's, being, there's constant input that we're receiving from other people, mm -hmm. whether it's our community group people or people that we're sitting next to in church or just the friends that we have. And so we're bringing almost a, compilation of a, a larger focus group of what the church body is kind of needing. And we ebb and flow and, and we'll fall into ditches in some mm -hmm. seasons of our creativity and then we'll pop out of it and we realize, okay, we'll hear from other people. Um, we need to go down this path now. So we've had plenty of conversations amongst ourselves mm -hmm. and have actually compiled some questions that people have given us over the years that I think is just hard-hitting questions that make sense to address. Um, and it, some of it is song selection, some of it is style, some of it is presentation. But I'm curious of how we can respond to these questions. This is what everybody came for, right? This is yeah. what everybody is came part. for. I'm like, Fast how long have we been talking? Yeah. How yeah. long do people have to... So it's almost, there's, there's a similar question in both styles here. <clears throat> so one question is, why can't we sing more hymns? At least the ones that I know. Or then a similar question is, why can't we sing more songs that are the ones I listen to on Christian radio? I'll just pause there. So where do we go when we, when you, Rose, or Mike, or I, when, when we engage somebody that asks that question, why can't you do X, Y, and Z, that is something that they're saying I want more of? Mm -hmm. How do we respond to that? Yeah, so we uh, certainly have um, 
first of all, we, we understand our <clears throat> responsibility and the, the great weight that we have of putting lyrics or words on the, the tongues of our congregation. So uh, first of all, we, we take that very seriously. And, and that, that's what we're doing when we're, when we're planning a service. Mm-hmm. We're, we are putting words <laughs> into people's mouths to participate, whether it's a scripture reading, a prayer, uh, a song, um, you know, answering a question, you know, for a discussion. Uh, we're, we're putting words on all of our lips, you know, so that we can do that work of worship. And seriously, I mean, I think just so people know inside some of the things that happened is there are many songs that we have discounted. And maybe one of us loves the song, but we bring it to everybody else and they're like, okay, that's fine song, but we don't like this lyric and we don't want to put that lyric mm-hmm. on the lips of our people. Right. And and to the point of like, there are sometimes there are songs where the lyrics, you can kind of understand what the what the writer is trying to say based on the context, but the way the lyric lays in the song, it like points to a misunderstanding or points to a question. And there's just way too much music out there that we have the option to use mm-hmm. to put a lyric on the lips of our people that leads them to a misunderstanding of scripture. It leads them to a question. I mean, I, 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 I'm a musician first, it's true, but to me, the lyrical content, the the words that we're going to say in the course of that 75 minutes, every word is incredibly valuable right. and needs to be chosen with a great deal of care. Which goes is, is true for... for <clears throat> Prayers, uh, scripture. Well, songs from written 300 years ago mm-hmm. versus songs that were written last week, you know, yeah. they, they can, they have the potential of being vague and extra biblical or even unbiblical, um, not just because a song is 300 years old, doesn't mean it's clear and and biblical. Um, so, you know, that, that, um, goes into it. Um, and then we've, we've come up with like, how do we, how do we choose songs? What, what kind of our values that, that help us determine. And, you know, so we, we understand we're putting words on our lips to sing and we want, that to be a corporate expression, um, so songs that talk about personal experiences or things that maybe a, a 12-year-old can't relate to, that a 70-year-old could relate to, you know, I think we're missing something there when we, when we use songs like that. Um, so, and then the, the, the song uh, tune needs to uh, complement what the lyric is trying to, to say, you know, the, it shouldn't, shouldn't take you in a different direction. You know, if it's talking about Jesus' passion in the garden, um, it's not going to be this celebratory, you know, trumpet fanfare. Um, it's it's going to be a more somber, maybe a minor um, keyed song that, that helps uh, accentuate that emotion and help us feel the, the, the weight of that truth that we're trying to sing about. And, and from that song selection decision process over the years, we, we wrestle with it. There are a few key words that are be criteria mm-hmm. that I can read out. Yeah. I mean, the first biblical, mm-hmm. that's, that's a pretty obvious one. We've been talking about that all episode long. Singable, 
<laughs> is a, a similar thing to what you're just referring to, the music matching the lyrics, but is it also singable to right. where it's participatory? Is it something that, that our whole congregation can join in right. saying? Yeah, yeah, like we've noticed over the years that if a verse, there are some songs um, where the verse might be what we call really syncopated, where the words are all off the beat, but then the chorus is very like on the beat and it creates confusion. We were talking earlier about the beauty of singing. Part of the beauty of singing is that we are saying those words at the same time. So now if you're putting a song in front of people where there's confusion about Mm -hmm. when am I supposed to sing and when I'm not, well, that's not enhancing our encouragement to one another. That's distracting us from what we're here to do. And there's some songs that have such a high wide range of notes that Mm -hmm. sometimes it's too low for people or sometimes then it jumps up an octave Mm -hmm. and it's too high and it's done for a a dynamic way of having the presentation of it either on a radio or a song that makes it sound good. It's written for a performer, not for a congregation. Not for participation. Yeah. Yeah. So singable is another key word. Memorable is an interesting one because part of the part of the what's what we're trying to do is put songs on people's minds that they can remember mm-hmm. and take with them. Yeah. And if the song melody is so confusing, you're like, how did that go? Or the words are jumbled together and doesn't have a flow to it. Mm-hmm. You want it to be memorable because what we're trying to do again is remind ourselves of the gospel. And so a song should be memorable. And I'll even say like along with that is like, it's hard to remember words that you don't even know what they mean. Mm. So, and that's part of where culture comes in because there are words that they used 300 years ago in common conversation or in their reading that we don't even have anywhere on our radar today. And there are words that have now been invented. Mm. We all know that the whole dictionary gets changed every Mm. year thing. There are words that have now been invented that are part of our everyday vocabulary that we can remember and access better. And so there is some, that is kind of where partly culture comes into what Mm -hmm. we're, decisions we're making as well. Which goes to kind of the next one. The next word is teachable. Is it something that, that not just memorable, but can it be taught? Mm -hmm. And so if there is a song, let's just pick an old hymn, the word diadem, right? Like that's an example of how is that, what does that mean? And why are we singing about crown of many crowns? That is a song Mm -hmm. that is speaking to something that we might not really even understand in our culture today, but it's still a valuable song. And so is it something that we can teach the Mm -hmm. congregation in their understanding of who God is through the lyrics? Right. And then when you start to, and, and that is why sometimes you do want words in there, like, like the word diadem, because the word diadem is such a great word, you know, about a crown, Mm -hmm. right. And bring forth the Royal diadem and crown him Lord of all. That's the lyric. And I just think that then, so when you call somebody to like, okay, what does that word really mean? And now they're engaging with a spiritual truth in the context of music. In my mind, it's a win Mm -hmm. in every direction. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another last word is relatable. And so Mm -hmm. that's, that's where the relevance of our culture and, and our understanding of scripture and, and, and how the people who are attending, are they relating? Are they and this is kind of where it's that there's the personal component to it. There's the preference component to it. And, well, and, and there's the, there's the, again, it's a cultural thing, meaning that like when we listen to music outside of the church, this is just a, a loose example. We listen to music outside the church and there's drums in it. Nine, I'm going to say 80 to 90% of the music that most of us listen to has drums, mm-hmm. right? So that means that inside the church, when we're communicating and we're, we're, 
we're worshiping drums are something that almost becomes expected and that um, that it's going to be distracting if we don't have that. So it's that kind of understanding of the culture that people are walking in and connecting them to that culture, but connecting them in a way that is so they're related to it, but it's still based on these things that Mike laid out at the beginning of our mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so ultimately we can call it our sung theology. Yeah. Yeah. And like um, to use that term. Yeah. So what is, what does that phrase mean to you? Yeah. So it's the theology is what we understand about God and, and the scriptures. Um, so, and we want to um, have it so that it's, um, we, we believe it and hold on to it becomes a part of who we are. And the songs that we sing shouldn't just be expressions of, like, I'll just throw, throw, you know, I love you, Lord. Mm-hmm. And I left my voice, you know, to, and it just kind of, kind of this talking about worship, but it, it should be like, can we hold on to um, this, this, these deep truths about um, who God is and what yeah. he's done. In Christ alone, in our, my hope is found. Yeah, he is my, you know, rock, strength, my yeah. rock, my strength, my song. Yeah. Like that is the words that I want rumbling around in my, when I, when I'm mopping my kitchen floor and I'm singing or there's, you know, I'm considering something. Those are the words I want to come to my mind right. and to my lips. So you said before Rose, there's such a wealth of songs mm-hmm. out there to choose from. So many songs, especially over these last 15, 20 years that have been written that the church age of songs has just exploded. Mm -hmm. And yet we still have the old traditional ones to look back towards. We have new ones. And yes, there are ones on the radio that people are listening to. And so we have to synthesize all of that Mm -hmm. into what's best for our body Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. with uh, the, the current um, sermon series that we might be in with the current state of affairs with what's happening in our culture around us and what the how, leadership of our, what God, yes. and to me, this is the most important part. Um, there's kind of this cool on my whiteboard out in my office right now, there's this really cool color coded chart of our planning processes that includes different people. And there's two stickies on there that are the same color and they represent the teaching pastor for the week. Hmm. And to me, those are like really key stickies because um, to me, that teaching pastor has been before the Lord about what the Lord wants to share with the people here, which means that God has laid on their heart something that the people of our congregation, specifically to Winchester, Virginia Fellowship Bible Church, need to hear and know. And so I think um, that hearing from them what God has laid on their heart as our spiritual authorities and leaders is absolutely key to what we do. Because even um, the Christmas series is a great example. We as the worship team were going one direction. And I mean, we were heading that direction pretty like we had a title and a concept and an idea and felt really good about it. And our teaching pastor, Tim, came to us and said, no, this is what God wants me to do. And Mm -hmm. so obviously we submitted, we submitted to him and because we trust that the Lord is speaking to them as our leaders that he has placed over us. So I think that's a key component of what we do. Yeah. So Mark's getting ready to to jump into the book of Daniel. Mm -hmm. So we we heard from him that, you know, here's, here's why we want to do the book of Daniel right now. Here's what I see in the book of Daniel of God is in control. He's sovereign and we can trust him, you know, for what he's done in the past and what he's going to do in the future. So we want to put songs on people's lips that 
help bring that out and help remind us of, of God's sovereignty and, and remind us that we can trust him and not ourselves. And so we're in the process of gathering together songs and other elements of our service that, that can help um, bring that out. Yeah, what God has told the leadership right. that he wants to bring out for this specific people in this specific time. And I think that's an important thing to talk about as we're talking about this, because we aren't in China and we aren't in Africa. Yes, right. We are here in Winchester, Virginia, and mm-hmm. God has a purpose for us. And we can trust him with that purpose. And we can trust that what he shared with our leaders is what God mm-hmm. has for us. And so I think that we have to always take that into consideration when we're talking about these topics is there is is this submission to authority that God calls us to and that God uses for our, his purposes and our good. That is an important thing as we start to talk about our personal preferences in the worship environment. And I would hope that those churches in Ecuador or Thailand are looking at their worship services mm-hmm. the same way for their culture right. with songs that are fresh and relatable to their body and, and their people and, and not take just American shared. songs on the radio yeah, to, and, to play. And right. what God has shared for their church and their time through their leadership. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And under the umbrella of what God has prescribed for the church as they I was just ready to say that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, under that umbrella of yeah. the gospel. And so right. the, the the study in the book of Daniel is still going to be under the umbrella of rehearsing the gospel yep. with a few <laughs> specific key attributes of God right. that we might bring to the forefront. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and so you can fall into a ditch by only singing about a certain kind of topic or a certain mm-hmm. kind of theme. And we, we wrestle with that. We, there might have been a, a time of songs where we didn't have many songs that were confession. Mm. Um, and we looked at ourselves and we're like, wow, we're, we're missing that part of our liturgy in a song. Mm-hmm. So we went and <clears throat> tried to find a couple right. of songs that were fresh that would do that for us. Right. And hopefully what we do as a team is we, I, I, I'm a note taker. I've been taking notes here as we've talked today. And so I'll jot down, hey, we, it was hard for us to find a song about this topic. Mm-hmm. It was hard for us to find a song <clears throat> about this topic. And then as I listen to music, as new music is released, as um, I come across other churches. you go back and look at old, old, old his, songs. Old hymns, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. I start listening. Oh, hey, there's a song that's been lost over time, or there's a brand new song that addresses that mm-hmm. facet of God. I, I like to talk about it as facets. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. Um, we can never understand the depths of God. Like that is incomprehensible and impossible for us as limited human beings. And so I think that there are just these little facets though, that as we turn that jewel, that, that kind of, grab our attention in that moment mm-hmm. based on what God and the Holy Spirit have revealed to us, obviously, not us ourselves. Mm-hmm. So one of the other questions, I'll just read the next one. It's kind of interesting. It falls in line with this. Somebody had said, I feel like the songs that we sing sometimes are too depressing. Can't we sing more positive and uplifting songs? How do we address that? It's almost like what you're just talking about, the facets of the gospel and God. Mm-hmm. What would you respond with that? I would think I, I, I'm a question asker. So I would ask like, well, what does that mean to you about, like, like, can you define that for me better? Because that's what I'm sitting here thinking. Like Mm -hmm. I, I almost need a definition. Are they talking about the speed of the song? Are they talking about the lyrical content? Are they talking Mm -hmm. about the, um, 
like like that that just holds a lot of is weight. Is it a content or a style question? Yeah, no. is it a content yeah. question? Is it a style question? I just I sent mm-hmm. an article. I read I read a lot of articles, and I just sent an article to these guys about um, volume in the room, mm-hmm. and it it was related to like someone who was getting a lot of comments about the, the that they're their worship center was too loud and they just went on this like <laughs> fact finding mission, week, 10 week study, a 10 week yeah. study. And they measured at the exact moment mm-hmm. in the worship wow. service. Yeah. 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 They, they measured at the exact moment in the worship service from the exact location. And then they like charted that out beside people's comments in that moment. And what they discovered was that people weren't really talking about volume at all. Yeah. They were talking about something else. Mm, and so per, I think perceived mm-hmm. volume is a, is a result of style preference. Yeah. So if you like a song, it's not too loud. If you don't like, or style, if you don't, don't like a style, yeah, I mean, that's what too loud. Yeah, that, that, that was particular study, but yeah. that's not, I mean, I, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that's always necessarily yeah. the case because perceived volume has to do with what you heard right before and right, right after yeah. too. So I, I, I not, I'm not wanting to get into yeah, the volume yeah, yeah, question right, right now. Right. I'm just saying that, that when people make comments like that, like I want to do more old hymns. Well, what, what does that really mean to you? Like when you say you want to do more old hymns, are those hymns like Fanny Crosby hymns from the 1800s or those Isaac Watts hymns from the 1700s? Like or that's Bill a, Gaither or hymns. Or Bill Gaither <laughs> from hymns from the yeah. 70s. Like, like what define those words for it to me, it's about asking a lot of questions to find yeah. those words mm-hmm. to me. What is it in that that appeals to you? Is it familiarity? But, yeah. And that's usually the, the, yes. a lot of the times. You know. I want to, I, I appreciate knowing the songs that we're singing and can participate and, um, you know, not have to struggle to, to sing, participate. Right. So hymns, if you grew up listening to hymns, have that, option for people. Mm-hmm. Um, if you listen to Christian radio all the time, then that comment is the same comment, right? right. They're same saying the, the same right. exact thing actually right. yep. in the moment, which is that I want to know the music that we're singing, which then... And I want to like the music as well. And There's it a mm-hmm. brings us, but it brings us back to, well, I love the quote, people don't know what they like, they like what they know. <laughs> but it brings us back to our, and it brings us back to our responsibility as the people who are planning the worship services, meaning that if we're, if... And, and we just came across that situation where we planned a hymn for a service. And I said, hey, is this going to be one of those hymns that we think everybody knows, but they don't? And we looked it up and we hadn't sung it in four years. Mm. And so it brings it back to us and what is our sung theology and us being careful as musicians that we're not getting bored in a sense with music and our congregation isn't yet familiar with it. Because we often tell the story. If I'm here on Saturday, if I rose lock, I'm here on Saturday and Sunday. It means that I heard a song maybe twice in rehearsal. I heard it once in the technical run through, and then I heard it once in the actual service itself. So on Saturday, I heard the song four times. On Sunday morning, I will have heard the song again in rehearsal. I will have heard the song in a technical run through. I will have heard the song in first service, and I will have heard the song in second service. So in one weekend, I have heard that song eight times. Plus, if I played the piano, that means I rehearsed it as well. Mm -hmm. So one weekend, I've heard it 10 times. Somebody in our congregation may not have been here that weekend. Mm-hmm. They may never have heard the song. Right. And so it's incumbent on us to keep our people in mind. And when we hear comments like that, to go, hey, maybe we haven't been using our music enough that our people are familiar and know right. it. Mm-hmm. So, so just part of, of the reason why we do that, the song Spotlight, where the lesson we did was Christ, our hope in life and death, where 
we sing it a lot. We unpack it. We help people have some tools to, to grab onto it and to really own it for a lifetime. And, uh, you know, we want to do that with, with our songs as we teach them, whether it be an old song that a lot of people know or maybe don't know, younger generation might not know it, or a newer song. So Yeah, and we want to humbly acknowledge when we have, and I think, I mean, we talked about it this week, we have in the last, I'd say, six to eight months, maybe we could just say the whole last year, if we pulled a list of the so- new songs that we've sung, like, let's say less than three times in the last year, that list is way too long. Mm-hmm. You know, I have right a now. list for us. Oh, you do? Mm-hmm. Just you, you wait. List? Just okay. you wait. Good. One, one last question, because we've been talking a lot about song selection, but then there's the song style and the presentation of it. So we have a few questions. I'm going to only read off one because they're actually there's two. They're, they're pretty similar. When we sing hymns, why, can, why can't you play the hymns in the way they were originally, I'm putting air quotes out there, originally intended to be sung? Mm-hmm. And then another similar question <clears throat> on the other side is, why can't there be more energy with the songs that we do? I wish coming to church would give me more of the worshipful feeling like the songs I listen to on the radio. So again, two ditches there of either radio style or hymn style. So now we're not talking selection. We're talking presentation and style. Mm-hmm. How do we approach styles? Yeah. So um, first of all, we, we are a a particular body of believers who God has brought together. And we have a particular um, group of gifted musicians who participate in leading our congregation in worship. So we're a lot, a lot of times going to create a style around who God has brought together. Mm. That's part of it. Mm-hmm. But, but we, we also want to honor uh, familiarity of, of melody of a song mm-hmm. that we don't want to just totally create our own version of a melody because that's not helpful for a congregation to sing. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's there's also kind of a um, artistic aspect that comes into it that you know we we might interpret the the the, the style of the lyric in a way that's maybe a little bit different than the original um, you know. Some someone has referred to them as calliope songs. You know these the Fanny Crosby songs. Yeah, yeah. 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 Like you when you when you ride on a merry-go-round. Yeah, like sometimes yeah. when I ride on a merry-go-round because I like merry-go-rounds, and you can hear that they they use calliope music on those yeah. merry-go-rounds, uh-huh. and you hear the style of the song. A, a couple times I've actually heard hymn tunes because yeah. they were written in that six eight because because honestly that was the cultural style then. The, right. Those yeah. the reason merry-go-rounds use those calliope songs is because when merry-go-rounds were invented that was the popular music of the day right so anyway (laughs) yeah which you know we we in our um kind of envisioning of the song might think that the the lyric is really saying this and this is the style that's really going to enhance that so that's kind of how we approach it and you know we do want to honor um the the original um especially the melody you know we we don't we try not to, to change that um, unless it's like, um, you know, like Glorious Day was was a, an, an old hymn. Um, what's, uh, what's the original called? One Day, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the old, original. The old, the, old, the old one. It was yeah. it was called One Day and it had five verses. Right. right. And the five verses were it's a 
I'm going to say I'm I'm thinking it's an eight. It's just it's just eight bars. Right. right. So it's a lot of those verse, a lot of those old hymns that had five verses were just eight measure right. hymns. Right. So it's five verses repeated the same way. So they, they took the song and, and told, they, they say retuned it. So changed the melody so it, it didn't have any familiarity to the original and used one of the verses as a, a bridge. And, and one of the verses and, as a chorus. And, and a chorus. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's it's become a powerful song for our congregation. To Which sing. we haven't sung for a long yeah, time, did, by the way. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Um, so that that's an example of, you know, it, it being so far away that it it's not distracting either from the original. Yeah. Um, and then then you take you know, a lot of these like Amazing Grace the the original tune for that is not what we sing today. That that has gotten changed and adapted yeah. over the years. Well, and I I will say this. I just had a conversation with a very dear friend of mine, and this dear friend has changed churches within the last year. And when she was first considering changing churches, she and I had a conversation because she led worship at a church for a long time. She's a musician. She's um she's just a really she's she's very spiritual. Um but I like to say it this way. And I guess this is why the words are so important to me. Um, and maybe it's maybe it's my professional classical training because I know I, I in there's that world to me and then there's the the church world to me and we can sing how great thou art and it can just be a guitar around the campfire and it means the world to me and we can sing how great thou art and we could be led by two guys in a blue in a banjo and do it in a bluegrass style you know what i mean i i love how great thou art blues a couple years ago mike and a bass player we had at the time and i was i was just doing some vamping and we did this blues arrangement of how great thou art and i loved it it was meaningful to me because those words are so important and mm-hmm. a cappella choir doing it is is just a gorgeous thing mm-hmm. and so i think there's so much variety in music and so much creativity that can be there that's why i think when it comes to in Inside the church, the lyrical content is key. And I think there's something about putting aside, I was sharing with someone this morning, there's something about putting aside our personal preference as a sacrifice for those other people who are in that corporate gathering. Like, I want the person who wants to hear old hymns. I desire strongly for them to have that experience mm. that is really meaningful mm-hmm. to them. Mm-hmm. And then the person who wants the whole radio version rocking out drums, I strongly desire for them to have that experience mm. as well. Mm-hmm. And I recognize for that to happen, I have to come with a heart of sacrifice of my own preferences and my own desires mm. for them. Mm-hmm. And so I think when we come and approach the corporate worship gathering as servants, Mm -hmm. and when we approach the corporate worship gathering as um, an opportunity to display to the spiritual realms and to one another what love looks like, Mm. to to use words that bring honor and glory to our God under the humble submission of our authority, like all of the things that we've been talking about, I think when we can approach corporate gatherings like that, it's a beautiful thing. Mm. And what happened was my friend was really struggling because she there was a church that had the kind of teaching that she wanted to participate in, but the worship services were not what she was looking for as a musician. And I told her exactly what I just said. Mm. How, I don't care how you sing, how great thou art. It means something to me. Mm. 
and and she ended up going to a church where the worship experience was not. And we and we, we I hadn't talked to her for a while. We had a phone conversation this week, and she said she was so thankful that she had put aside her worship preferences for the teaching of the word. Mm. And so that's yeah. kind which of which is what makes content drive our ship yeah. because we we well, again we're doing the best we can with accom- accomplishing those styles so the love language of people's music styles is being hit um and, and there's so many different layers to what that looks like as well i mean you can look at the musical arrangements of it you can look at just the vocal quality and the and the musicianship that's going on you can look at the sound and the volume mix that plays a factor you can look at like the, the lighting in the room, the lighting yeah. in the room. You can look at just who's on the stage and yeah. we didn't even get into that. But again, Mike, you touched on it a bit. We value the people who are here mm-hmm. and we desire to allow people to use their gifts and talents right. uh, to their best abilities. And uh, yeah, I mean, my wife may or may not be watching or listening, but we're not <laughs> going to put her on the stage to sing. <laughs> she's, she's not the best singer, but you know there are people who you never have see me up there with sets. a microphone either. Do you? No, we, no, we're not okay. going to give you a microphone so, either, Rose. Yeah. So there's okay. We, there are there are there are baseline values of looking at the quality that we have of musicianship, yeah. and we do the best we can do with the people that God has given us to um, to honor and glorify Him. You know, and so there's so many layers when you're looking at this topic and how personal it is for people is so emotional yeah. I get. And so we we care about each person. Right. And we want each person here to to worship mm-hmm. and to come together with that understanding. I do have some stats for us and this is where we'll go oh, real oh. quick. Okay. So when it comes to our church services over the past year, mm-hmm. okay, we have done a hundred and twenty songs. Does that shock you? Does that seem so? In fifty-two weeks, different songs. Mm-hmm. One hundred twenty different songs. Different songs. Yeah. Now, wait. Are you counting though? Just yes. out of curiosity, are you counting like Christmas Eve, yes. Good Friday, and baptisms? No, just in the 52. primary corporate okay. gathering, and they're actually with their fifty-three weekends of the year because oh, okay. of the way the calendar fell. But twelve of those were Christmas songs. Okay, mm-hmm. and then four of them were special songs. So really, we're close to like around almost a hundred, just over a hundred songs that we did in our repertoire. There was... I think that's too many. Yeah. (laughs) We'll we'll touch on that. Sure. Um, How many new songs do you think we introduced? Pop quiz here. This this last year. This past year. Too many. Ten? Eight. Six. Six. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, We did the most song sung. We did seven times. Which song do you think that was? Christ Our Hope. Yes. And why is yeah. that? Because we did Song Spotlight. We did a yeah. Song Spotlight. And we, and we did broader really... than that. We did a missions conference with that theme. Yeah. And we did a resort. Like we really surrounded, mm-hmm. surrounded mm-hmm. our congregation with that. Now to really summer. get personal here mm-hmm. of the, the questions of the people, how many hymns tr- of the traditional hymn variety, <laughs> not including <laughs> Christmas, term. not including Christmas carols, <laughs> did we do? So out of those 100 songs, how many were hymns? Mm-hmm. 30. Yeah, so close. Like 30. 25. 25. Okay. Yeah. Um, so a quarter. I also did a quick search of like the top 40 of Christian radio this past okay. year. Mm. And how of that are top 40. No, not how many of the top 40 songs did we do? Did we do or have we done as a church? So I'm not. Oh, I'm, yeah, because a, a couple are coming back, I've noticed. Yeah. The older so songs of those top 40, how many are in our repertoire? 12. 
exactly 12. Are you serious? It was just a random yes. guess. Ding, 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 ding. Winner for you. So it's, it's really neat to see. Okay, here's one other final question about a hymn. Um, so how many weeks in the year did we actually sing one of those 25 hymns? How many? So 52, actually it's 53 weeks. How many weeks did we sing? Because we didn't just sing those 25 just one time. Exactly. Right. Are you talking about Christmas <clears throat> or are you discounting Christmas? I'm discounting Christmas. I was going to say, I was going to say 30, but if we're discounting Christmas. 60%. Yeah. 34, 34? which is 65%. Okay. And that's yeah. discounting Christmas exactly. though too, because you didn't count yep. like Hark the Herald Angels right. singing right. those. Correct. <clears throat> so now how, how do you assess our past year? Yeah. You know, what, are there, are there certain rooms for growth? I mean, we did six new songs. We did a song, the most we ever did it was seven times, 25 hymns. How do you evaluate that? Yeah, so um, six, I don't think is way too, too many new songs to be introduced as mm -hmm. long as they're, and we're, we try to be really intentional about how we introduce and teach a song. Uh, the 100 or 120 is a product of um, really trying to be a little more thematic and tied into mm -hmm. our sermons mm -hmm. and the, yeah. the story that's being told there. Yeah. It's also um, a product of, like, I'll just say this, like the hymn that we just pulled out happened to be Praise to the Praise to the Lord, the Almighty. Which was right? not on the list this past year. Which we right. haven't sung. Yeah. In four, like I said, we, we looked it up and we haven't sung it in four years. So it's also a product of us trying to retain some things mm -hmm. long term over right. time, right? So songs that we sang a lot three years ago. Like right. I remember Christ, the true and better Adam. We were shocked when we did that song last time in worship. We did it as a highlight of Good Friday, but hadn't sung it in our worship services for two years. And Christ, the true and better Adam is a song that's so full of rich theology that there's no way we want to let go of that, even if we right. haven't sung it in two mm -hmm. or three years. So that's that where the 110 comes mm -hmm. from yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. And there's a decent amount that we only just sang once, mm -hmm. um, you know, so... <clears throat> Because of that, I think there's still some room to grow in, yeah. in just how we're evaluating the songs, the content, the styles. And, and I think we'll have different numbers that'll come up for this coming year yeah. as, if we evaluate yeah. again. So uh, one one suggestion for folks is we, we do have a Spotify <clears throat> playlist that mm -hmm. has the songs that we're going to be singing that coming weekend. So, um, you know, if, if you're feeling yeah. the... Kind of the, the weight of the frustration of, I, you know, these songs aren't familiar. Um, come prepared, you know, find out what, what songs we are going to be singing, which, you know, mm -hmm. you can go to the website and mm -hmm. uh, find that out um, and come prepared to, to know the songs a little bit better. We have um, song lyric sheets where you can take the, the song lyrics home with you. Mm -hmm. they're, they're in the backs of the room mm -hmm. and uh, each weekend that you can grab that and you can read through and, and get more familiar with the songs that we're doing. So. Yeah. yeah. Right. And just enjoy in I I mean, I always enjoy musical styles. Mm. Like don't don't trap yourself in one radio station or in mm. one style. Mm. Listen to listen you can you can hear in Christ Alone done by a ton of different artists, mm -hmm. right? right? And so um, you know, and there are some artists that we do tend to avoid because of their theological stance, but when you hear in Christ Alone done 
you know, with an acapella choir and then you hear it done with like a full out orchestra and then you hear it done with just a a typical band with electric guitar. Each of those have their own richness and they can, Mm -hmm. in a sense, shine a different facet on a different, Mm -hmm. like, oh, I never thought Mm -hmm. about that lyric until I heard it done in that Mm -hmm. style. Mm -hmm. So I I just encourage people to not, um, to not, I know we all have our preferences and what we prefer to listen to, but but just allow yourself to be a little more creative in mm. your... Yeah. So just wrapping this up, just summarize, how would you encourage each person that attends FBC as they would evaluate their time of worship? Mm. You know, what, what should we be evaluating when we walk away from church on a regular week besides just saying, I liked the music or I didn't yeah. like the music? Yeah, that's, that's typically, you know, how we <clears throat> kind of walk away, you know. I enjoy that message. I like the songs that we sang. I didn't like that song, you know, and on and on. Um, I would encourage people, like, as you're as you're evaluating the service, wh- what was I reminded about of of Christ, and what opportunity did did I have to proclaim that, and how is that going to help me go into this week of, of being mm-hmm. uh, continue to be a worshiper of God? And uh, you know, if, if we if we come with that. I come away with that um, kind of evaluation, then it's not like we're not judging because in a sense we're judging ourselves because we're right. all participants in the service. So, you know, so um, <clears throat> use a different, whole different system of, of mm-hmm. evaluation of the service and uh, like approach it from that, that perspective mm. as opposed to did I like it or not? Rose? Yeah. I mean, I just think, I, I just think Mike just nailed it because, and I don't even think that in a sense is an evaluation. Right. This is not, this isn't about what I liked or didn't like. Mm. This is about um, the people around me and how I related to them and about the Lord and what he wanted to speak to me and about the leaders that he's placed in front of me and what, what, what why has God placed that leader in front of me? And what does that leader have to speak into my heart? Mm. And, and I think sometimes when we have that rub, like I didn't like that, that's actually kind of a conviction of the Holy Spirit that, you know, maybe I had the wrong perspective or the wrong lenses mm-hmm. on today. Yeah. yeah. And I would encourage people to, to find ways to engage your heart and your mind. Mm-hmm. How, how was I engaged with God? Mm-hmm. And if there's that personal <clears throat> reflection, did I engage with God mm-hmm. um, from a head standpoint to grow to know him better? And from a heart standpoint, meaning that like I was able to adequately respond in, in that kind of heart of passionate worship. Well, and I think Mike opened my eyes to really the question maybe we'd be maybe asking between the choir time last night and this morning. And that is, um, what did the spiritual realms see about God today hmm. in me? And and. Like when you ask that question, it can be incredibly convicting because if I was self-focused, then they didn't see much of Christ. Right. Yeah. So, you can ask the same. Like, what did the person next to me see of of God's glory in me today? You know, did they see someone who really, hmm. truly believes what they're singing, or do they see somebody that's, you know, kind of indifferent to it? Yeah, or, or, li- or, or on my phone, like, because right. I know that there are people out there who are scrolling Facebook. Like, we know that, right, during the worship gathering time. And so what what is what is the spiritual realm seeing in those yeah. moments? Yeah. That's good. Great, guys. 
and maybe if you were watching and listening, you, you push pause because you had, <laughs> had to take a little bit of a break, but I appreciate yeah. you getting through to this in the end. Yeah, yeah congratulations seriously. to getting to the end and being a part of the episode. No, Remember, I'm late for a meeting, so I have to apologize okay. for the people. Yeah. I, you know, so you can still participate with our podcast by going to fbcva.org slash podcast, and you can write your thoughts and comments and questions to us there and then. Um, and if you know of people who would love to listen to this, forward it on to them. Make sure you subscribe and let them know that they can find us anywhere, whether it be YouTube or Spotify or Apple or wherever you get your podcast. And remember that there are the Sermon Spotlight podcast here at FBC and the Global Church podcast. So remember, there's three different um, ways that you can learn more about God and about our church here at FBC. So thanks so much for watching and listening. Mike, Rose, thank you for participating. Thank you. And until we chat again, let Christ be the focus of our lives each and every day. Thank you.